Hello, everyone, and welcome to Don't Eat Your Young, the podcast that brings you stories from the trenches of the incredible yet exhausting world of nursing. I'm your host, Beth Quas. Today, we welcome Lisa Dunlap to the show. She's an integrative ARNP trained in adult geriatric primary care. Most recently, she worked in Seattle for Providence Hospice. Lisa is trained in herbal medicine, reflexology, healing touch, clinical aromatherapy, and mindfulness practices. She is also a fit-for-mom fitness instructor. Lisa has a love and passion for yoga and alternative healing and an ongoing desire for achieving spiritual, physical, and mental balance. Currently, she is pursuing mindfulness, self-compassion-based trainings. She loves to participate in an adventure in nature, especially surfing, hiking, and snowboarding, and is the mother of two small children. Please welcome Lisa Dunlap. Welcome, Lisa. So glad to have you here. Hi, thanks for having me. It's a privilege. I've looked up what you're doing, and I'm really excited for you to share your story. Why don't you tell us a little bit about where you've come, your nursing journey? Yeah, thank you for asking. I um, currently live in Seattle, King County, and that's where I was born and raised. And when I grew up here, I used a lot of alternative integrative um, methods for personal healing, and it was kind of the culture around me. And then after traveling um, to some third world countries, I really saw that the value of Western medicine that could be integrated with alternative healing. And so I decided after college to go back and get my nursing degree in Hawaii as like a second degree um, program. And uh, my vision was to do uh, integrative medicine as a nurse practitioner and bring both sides of that. And Hawaii really kind of gave me that sense of uh, underserved populations, multicultural, like this spiritual connection to the land. And um, so after practicing for five years there as a nurse in the community, a lot of psych, mental health, and some holistic nursing inpatient where I was doing reflexology, healing touch. And then I went back and got my nurse practitioner and specialized in geriatrics. And for me, that was um, right away, I could tell the most integrative because it was about taking medicines away and spending, you get a lot more time with your patient, 45 minutes, which is reimbursable by insurance, which is pretty fantastic. And so, yeah. And then I spent about five years in Hawaii working as a nurse practitioner. And then due to family life, we came back this way to King County in Seattle and um, I've mostly worked in the last few years in hospice and geriatric house calls and primary care. Um, so that's been my my long 12-year journey in a nutshell. <laughs> you've had a lot of other things going on in your life, which I thought was amazing. And you've told me this story, and I would love it if you would share it with our listeners. Yeah, thank you for asking. So um, I think for me... Um, nursing has always been this, you know, giving, and I've always felt like giving more compassion was where it was at. And I just needed, and I've always been this giving person. Um, and so it's been kind of this journey of learning how much I need to give to myself. And about a year ago, you know, so I've been practicing 12 years and everything's been great. Always working, mothering two children, doing life. And about a year ago, things changed for me. I was then working, um, I think, at a assisted living as a primary care 
for clinic and the floor. And I was training for a half marathon for my 40th birthday and always been super active, snowboarder, surfer, into fitness. And literally after like training and doing the marathon, I just woke up and could barely walk. And there was no initial injury or anything. And it was shocking. And so I spent the next four months pursuing diagnosis. It was my hips and low back. And I became the patient, which was one of the greatest gifts as a provider being uh, put through the ringer of, oh, you're just seeking pain meds. Oh, you're just another pain patient. Oh, I've got 10 minutes. And you're like, 10 minutes ain't going to cut it here. I'm trying to figure out why I can't walk. Right. And so that was humbling. And I was on and off work and I got a glimpse of what it really was to slow down and give to myself. And so slowly I was able to start healing that SI joint injury, sciatica through mindfulness practices at home, yoga, um, what I like to call resiliency tools. And um, sure enough, went back to work. And this at this point, I was in hospice um, in King County. And this was right around the time the pandemic was unraveling. And so things were really crazy here in March. It was no PPE. Nobody knew anything about the virus and just put, you know, put all the, pull up your bootstraps and head to work. And it's like, wow. So I was going in and out of these nursing homes and it was really stressful and really um, a lot of anxiety and uh, just not knowing, but still having to work. And so for whatever reason, I, um, was I had seen my OBGYN during the time I was trying to figure out what my diagnosis was. And they found, they called me and um, I was on the way to the mountain with my family. And they said, you know, can you sit down? You got a minute. And I knew instantly it was bad news. And they said, we found this solid grapefruit sized mass in your ovary and we need you to rush back. Um, and we're concerned it's going to burst or torsion. And I think for me, that was this first real true moment, like tunnel vision of awareness. And I was able to stop and practice self-compassion, which isn't something I even knew existed, but just, I remember using self-touch and taking a deep breath and just checking in with myself, like, okay, this could be ovarian cancer. I could be, you know, dying ovarian cancer is the silent killer and being a hospice nurse practitioner is not something you want to hear. Uh, and so I asked myself, what do I need right now? You know, I'm scared. I'm afraid. And I just said, oh, I want to be with my family and I keep going up to the mountain for this ski trip. I could be dying. I could have an emergency, but I would like to, I'm not actively in an emergency. I was fine. And so we had this wonderful three days and I kept checking in with my mind, you know, what's going on? And I was, I was going down the rabbit hole, but you know, where else would I want to be? This is it right here in the present moment with these people on this mountain. And I can't control the pandemic. I can't control what's in my body. I can't control all the stress I've experienced at work. And so that was really beautiful. And then, you know, I, the journey goes up and down with health issues and um, burnout, but basically that I went down the rabbit holes once I came back and saw the mass on the screen and they wanted to refer me to all these oncologists. And for about a month, I was spinning in fear and anxiety and my mind-body connection was working against me. I was felt like I was metastasizing and I couldn't breathe. And I then shifted. I found out it wasn't cancer and they said, okay, you've got 
two or three months to wait in the wings. All the ORs are shut down. This is, we're in COVID operations and we just need to save everything for COVID patients. And so just go home and don't come to the ER if it's hit first. Don't, don't come in if you're in severe pain. And that's that also had, really humbling. That had to have been so scary and so hard to do. Yeah, yeah, it was, especially when we're nurses and we like to control things and we're providers and we want to fix things. And it was this awareness of like, okay, I can't control again, anything out there. I can't control my body, can't even control this pain. But what I can control is my thoughts and my heart and how I approach the difficult circumstances. And so it became a daily practice of deep breathing and checking in with how I'm feeling and putting my bare feet in the grass and checking in with my five senses and recognizing as a mother of two small children in a pandemic, I can't go out and do yoga. I can't go out and get a massage, much like busy healthcare professionals. But what can I do in these moments? I can practice mindful presence. I can be here now and enjoy what I've got, enjoy their laughter and even in pain, it's amazing. You can find joy in the moment because it's all you've got. And I began to use all these tools. And about two months later, they go in for surgery and the cyst is just magically gone. And in fact, it's not magic, but that's what they thought, the doctors. And they were shocked. They needed many eyes in the OR to triple check what's going on here. And they came out and I remember saying to the doctor, well, I know what, what what happened. I've been under so much stress for many years of just pushing and pushing in healthcare. And then this pandemic and with children and I practiced like slowing down and mindfulness and self-care. And I think that allowed healing, spontaneous healing. And I did some envisioning imagery and, you know, manifesting And I also had a community um, praying and, you know, manifesting. And so then it was like, aha, okay. I was able to process that what I'd been through had been this like journey of burnout for this past year. And I had kind of had this pain that just shifted from body part to body part. And I was able to turn it around and it was like, okay, how can I help others turn it around? And Um, If I can do this, anyone can do this. And we all know that burnout and stress can manifest as physical symptoms. That is such a miraculous story. And I can't wait for people to hear it because it, what you did shows, like you said, if you can do it, anybody can do it. Yeah. And at the same time, if I can just find ways to manage pain and amidst a pandemic with two children at home, so can a provider who's hitting the floor and is busy and has 10 patients to see. And there's these moments, mindful moments that you can take in your day to recenter. And I should also mention some of it was allowing emotions, allowing feeling to heal. It sounds cheesy, but it's not something we're taught in healthcare. We're kind of taught to suck it up and move forward and could do a 12-hour shift without bathroom breaks and lunch breaks. And mistakes are not something we're taught to accept without judgment. <laughs> we're kind Absolutely. of like, let's put them on the wall. Somebody could die here. And so I just, it's so translatable to how we practice medicine and how we're all pretty vulnerable to burnout, really. 
Absolutely. And that's right. A lot of the burnout and stress, I think, for nurses comes from eating our young. I think we're so judgmental. We're so hard on each other. And new nurses, old nurses, it doesn't matter. We're really hearted. So did you ever have any, do you remember any times that you felt like you were being eaten alive at work? Yeah. And, you know, and I love that term, eat, eat your young. And I certainly experienced it. I would say from the very beginning, back in nursing school, from the teachers, like from my professors who said, this is the standard of practice, who told me, you're not going to make a good nurse because you believe in all this woo-woo stuff and put your head down, get on the med surge unit. And I'm so glad I, I didn't listen because I didn't do that. I was like, I'm a community health nurse. I'm going to become, you know, an integrative practitioner. And I, it was from a professor who gave me that sort of, you need to like do your time and climb the ladder. And I remember when I got my first, you know, high paying holistic nurse job, I just wanted to send him a letter so bad. Absolutely. And I think a lot of nurses feel that way. I've, I read a lot in the Facebook groups and hear from nurses that say just that. I was told I wasn't going to be good enough. And who says? Who gets to decide that? No one gets to decide that but you. You, the individual. Definitely. And I I think out in the community, I would say as a nurse practitioner, I experienced it more because as a community health nurse, I wasn't in your typical floor unit, um, tiered system, put in your time. And so it's a little different out in the community. But as a nurse practitioner, I experienced sort of this old boys club mentality and you know and you haven't put in your time and there was a lot of um and still is bragging about oh well i worked 60 hours this week and i stayed up all night and as if it's a badge of honor and that we're supposed to you know compare ourselves to doctors and residency and we're supposed to do that too and that means you're going to be a good provider <laughs> it doesn't make any sense it doesn't make any sense you're right and you are doing an amazing thing right now because you're helping other healthcare providers deal with the stress and the burnout. Tell us about that. Yeah, thank you. It's an evolving journey. I've been doing it just now for about three to four months, so it's still very new. And I am holding workshops and group sessions for healthcare, anyone in healthcare, clinicians, um, staff, admin staff at a healthcare organization. And I do this for community members can sign up or um, through organizations. There's a program where I'm going to healthcare organizations and they're rolling it out for their staff. And essentially it's what I talked about. It's stress management um, tools for resiliency. And I use a lot of my mind, body, spirit trainings that I don't think I mentioned I've been certified in aromatherapy, healing touch, reflexology, and now getting working towards some mindful self-compassion certifications. And so we use those tools and we practice them and we uh, talk about them. And there's so much research now behind the power of those for helping with burnout, um, increasing focus, decreasing stress, and the power of group and how it's not like it's group therapy, but showing up and being accountable to do these things. It's like we struggle. Everyone says to healthcare professionals, oh, just go get self-care, you know, but like we need some steps to get there. And how do we have time for that? And can you show me how to do it? That's practical throughout my day. It can be very overwhelming if you have, if you haven't started looking into it yet. I know that you, you don't know what you don't know. And so I encourage anyone that's looking for it, 
to seek you out, to seek people out that are trying to do what you're doing. Thank you. Yeah. So they can go to my website at selfcompassionconnections.com. I'm on Facebook and Instagram, same self-compassion connections. And uh, you can sign up for workshops or get on a wait list for the next series. Um, transforming into a six-week series. So it's workshops and groups. I am also doing some webinars at conferences and public speaking and doing some customized webinars for organizations for stress management, trying to get CEUs because I know us nurses like to have those CEUs. And I would love to work with nursing students. I think that's on the horizon because if we could learn these tools while we're in school and it's really stressful, all the more, all I was going to say more better, but all the more reason to do it early on. And then I should mention, I also have this self-compassion toolkit that I worked on with another small business owner here in Seattle, a female, and um, she does body care and she's a massage therapist. And we created this reminder of self-compassion. And so it comes with handmade lotion bars and frankincense oil and a rose quartz stone and then a self-compassion card. And there's just little, it tells you how to use it. And uh, this is really fantastic for providers and nurses or nursing students. You can drop essential oil on a little cotton ball, put it in your pocket and have it on the unit. And I think it's um, it sh- research shows that through scent, you can uh, stimulate your parasympathetic nervous system, calm the amygdala. Same thing with one deep breath in and out in five seconds. You can um, turn from fight or flight to parasympathetic. And so that's a really fantastic tool for before you go into a patient's room is taking three deep breaths and just calming that fight or flight and bringing it back to yourself or the present. If we take care of ourselves, we can take better care of our patients and our colleagues. I know we can. Oh, yeah. And there's a lot of research now um, about that. Uh, Dr. Kristen Neff and others around the world are doing so much with mindfulness and self-compassion. And they're finding that the more you practice self-compassion, the more compassionate you are to others. And there's even this emotional um, neuro resonance. So before you even say a word, someone can read that compassion on your face and then feel it. And I think that's so cool with patient care because it's almost like, you have to give to yourself first to then be compassionate towards them. You can't fake it in that way. You know, they can, sense, like, they can sense what's going on when you walk in their room too. And that's what they want. They want to feel heard and noticed and they want to feel compassion. And so the more we can uh, fill our cup and now that I'm learning, filling your cup can be little doses throughout your day. It doesn't have to be this weekend retreat. It can just be practices that you bring to work. Uh, then it's it helps out with your colleagues and your patients and absolutely. What tips or advice would you give to nurses right now out working that may be facing all of these things, stress and burnout? And yeah, I think as far as like the eating your young, I would say hang in there and just stay strong in yourself and knowing in your inner knowing and that you have what it takes and nobody can tell you different. And yes, clinical practice is part of it, but I'd say what's even more important is your ability to care for yourself and others and connect with others. And I think that that's my tip as far as like, I didn't listen to the people that told me I couldn't because my test scores weren't perfect. As far as self-care and mindfulness, 
I would encourage a practice that works for you throughout your day. And you might pick something you do often at work, like washing your hands or going in a patient's room and have that as your cue to, I like to place my hand on my heart. If that's not comfortable for you, just to take a deep breath and really take a slow, long inhale and exhale. And three would be ideal. Sometimes we don't have time for that. But by doing that self-touch, that deep breath, you're coming back to yourself, the present moment. It's kind of a pause check-in. What am I feeling? What am I experiencing? And in that, you have this awareness. Okay, I'm in fight or flight. This is crazy. Today's crazy. And then you can offer yourself a touch of self-compassion, which is um, kindness to yourself. Like, okay, it's a hard day. This is a pandemic. I'm in this PPE, talking to yourself a little bit, maybe in your mind, not out loud. (laughs) And, um, And then asking yourself, what do I need? And obviously at work, that's not hugely realistic, but maybe it's water or a snack. And you are allowed to do that. And so I practice self compassion throughout my day with water breaks. And so, you know, there's lots of different names for that mini mindful moment, a grounding moment. And I think the simpler, the better, because then we can actually remember to do it. And then I also mentioned like aromatherapy in your pocket or um, a stone, um, like a, in your pocket, you can put your hand on. Sometimes those tangible sensory things really reground us and help us with stress. I think what you're doing is absolutely incredible. I'm so excited for people to find you. I think we need to change the culture in nursing, and I think we're starting. More and more people realize that it, we're not doing ourselves a favor by beating each other up, and so I'm, I applaud you for starting what you're doing. Thank you. And yeah, I think, you know, one thing I learned in Hawaii that I would say about, as I, it is good to respect our elders in the practice though. I mean, is that there is wisdom there. And so approaching things with curiosity can be helpful when it comes to being new on the unit. And I think those with experience can be, you know, be intimidated by new nurses. I don't know. I really don't know why this eat your young thing culture where it's, I guess it starts at the school level, but I would say curiosity is 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 a good practice, um, humble curiosity, because then there's a little more uh, willingness to work together. I completely agree with that. And I think you're right. Respect your elders <laughs> and learn from them. They have been doing this a long time and they have a wealth of information. Also, I would say learn from the new people. They also have a new wealth of information. I've been in nursing a long time. A lot has changed since I was in school. I also like to learn with this from the students that I work with too. So I yeah. agree. It goes. I think we can all learn from each other. Well, and you're fantastic in that way. I think that that's a really wise approach, and um, I agree with that. And I think that everybody can learn from each other. Always, even in the work I'm doing, I'm constantly learning when people share their own tools. Absolutely, because obviously medicine changes so fast. And so whatever people bring and now with the pandemic, it's changing rapidly and we have to, we have to work together in that way. So Lisa, tell us about your kits. So when I was um, healing from the cyst and my SI joint pain and on disability and with the quarantine in place, I decided to start doing things that nourished my soul. 
And one of the things uh, was art. I hadn't picked up, uh, I hadn't done art for years, but just doing some watercolors and drawing. And I came up with this idea of a self-compassion card. And it basically is to serve others as a reminder of how to practice self-compassion in their day, because we all forget. And so on the front is this fern and it says, how can I nourish myself with kindness in this moment? And on the back, it has four tips, hand on the heart, breathe, awaken your senses and surrender. And it's meant to be placed on your bedstand or an altar or given as a gift. And inside is a heart chakra stone. So it's a rose quartz for self-acceptance and even just the touch and the sensory of having a stone in your pocket at work, in your car, if you're a mama, just when your kids are tantruming. And then it also comes with these handmade lotion bars. I joined up with another female small business in Seattle, and it's a little tin of organic lotion bars for giving yourself a hand massage, foot massage, and then some frankincense oil for sort of that grounding sensory experience, taking you into your um, aromatherapy and uh, frankincense is really good also for kind of spiritual heart opening. And uh, the idea of the kit was to gift it to somebody who's working really hard, who just needs a little bit extra during this pandemic. So that could be a mom, that could be a healthcare worker, it could be your grandparents you haven't, or your parents you haven't seen because they're in a nursing home. And that's it. And you can find it on my um website and my Facebook page, Self-Compassion Connections. Great. Well, I am so excited to watch what you're going to do next. And I can't wait to see your business grow. And I want to have you back again and, and tell us what you're doing. So thank Great. you for everything. We'll, we'll link where we can find you in our show notes. And I hope that people can come and seek you out and start taking care of themselves. Thank you so much for doing this and thank you for having me. And I think it's just really fabulous for nurses to have support like this. Thank you, Lisa. What an amazing story with Lisa today about how even when she was going through her own burnout, she was able to recognize her physical symptoms and heal herself by resiliency and self-care practices. Some of the takeaways from talking with Lisa today, just one deep breath can move us from the fight or flight of the sympathetic nervous system into a more calm state. Hang in there, stay strong in yourself, Don't forget where your path is going to lead you and don't let anyone tell you anything different. Humble curiosity is great for new students coming in and learning from those experienced nurses that have been doing this for a very long time. Encourage a practice of self-care throughout the day, self-compassion and resiliency at stressful times. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen today. And when you have time, head on over to DonateYourYoung.com, which will take you to our membership page where you can subscribe to the show and become a member of our growing pool of listeners. And remember, always be kind to your nurse. Mm -hmm.